Hey everyone, this is Matt Wakeling and you're listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now today, in replay, we revisit our conversation with the absolutely unbelievably great Doug Wimbish from one of my favourite bands of all time and that is Living Colour. Check it out. This episode is brought to you by The Pedal Movie a feature-length film all about effects pedals created by the Music Gear Marketplace, Reverb. I am super excited about this film. The Pedal Movie features nearly 100 interviews with people like Steve Vai, Peter Frampton, Jay Maskus, Billy Corgan, and more, including some of our Guitar Speak podcast alumni like Dweezil Zappa, Sarah Lipstate, Johnny Barmer, and Brian Wampler. Reverb's The Pedal Movie is available now on iTunes, Google Play, and Vudu. For more information, visit www.thepedalmovie.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by Joe Elliott. Now, Joe is not only a fantastic guitar player, he draws on his years of experience as the ex-head of guitar at the Guitar Institute of Technology and also at the McNally Smith Music College. Here's a few words from Joe about the course. If you're tired of wading through hundreds of random guitar videos and just want to become a better player, Fretboard Biology is your answer. Fretboard Biology is a self-paced, college-level program that will give you the right instruction, in the right amounts, and in the right order. You'll learn the same information I taught to thousands of other guitar players over 30 years of teaching in top music colleges. If you want to make real progress with your guitar playing, then sign up for a free 7-day trial at fretboardbiology.com. Hi, is that Doug? Yes, it is. Hi, Doug. It's Matt Wakeling from the Guitar Speak podcast in Sydney. How are you? Hey, Matt. I'm mellow as a cello right about now. <laughs> All is good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Hey, thank you so much for your time. It's great to speak to you, and we're really excited about Living Colour um, coming back to Australia in December this year. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it. Another Another trip, thanks to the lovely fans of Australia since we were there not too long ago and then they reached out and said we'd like to get you guys to come back and and the promoters listened and here we are coming so we're thankful. Fantastic. Doug, I actually remember seeing you guys on your first Australian tour. It was in 93. It was just following up the Stain record and um, yeah, it was one of the best shows I've ever been to still to date. Wow. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, man. <laughs> I remember that gig. That was pretty that was pretty crazy. Where do we play at the Holborn Pavilion, if I remember right? That's right? exactly right, the Horden Pavilion. Right? Yeah, yeah, Horden Pavilion. That, yep, that's it. Yep. Yeah. So this year marks thirty years since Living Color released Vivid, um, and I know you'll be playing highlights from that record um, on this tour. But I guess on a personal level for you, it's you know it's twenty five years since the Stain record came out as well. Your your first album with the band, so that's a, another great milestone. Yeah, you know, they're all starting to roll, you know, we're, we're starting to go around the sun uh, at, at a very rapid speed now, you know, 30 years, 25 years, 20 years, it's all accelerating right now, and I look back and I'm like, wow, time flies, as they say. Yeah. But, you know, just from looking at it from the, you know, look, it's been a great, it's been a, an amazing journey, you know, from a little backstory. Vernon and I have known each other since the early 80s, before he put Living Color together. He's coming out at our loft at, in, in New York City and, and, you know, dreaming about what he wanted to do. And, you know, we've been mates for many, many years. 
And now fast forward, here we are, you know, we're now in a band. I've been in Living Color now since since early 92. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just time flies, man. Before you know it, it's like boom, boom. But all that being said, it's like from Vivid to Time's Up and then Biscuits and then my entry into the into the landscape. You know, it's it's you know I'm just thankful that you know uh, things aligned the way they did. You know, with any um, acceptance into one organization, you have to um, find you find the finding less time to do other things and previous things that, you did, that you've done. So for and and also when you're bringing in a new band member into an organization, it creates another uh, dialogue and landscape as well. Um, the the reality of it is we're still here and, you know, here we are talking on the phone and that's, that's the sign to me of a, of, of a true champagne over the years. Like, you know, you know, we've managed to continue to have this conversation going on sonically and, um, and we're still in the game, you know? So from my entrance with, from stain now, here we are, what is it? Just said 25 years of stain. Yeah, yeah. Is that correct? Yes. Well, right. Yep. You know, it's, it, it, it's in, it's remarkable that we're have, we're even having that conversation, and you know we just released a record last year um, of Shade, which realistically I think that's probably like um, you know for Living Color as the brand that's probably like the the sixth maybe I'm wrong the sixth album that the band's really done. Well, let's let's count them out. We did this Vivid, yep. there's Times Up. There's well, biscuit. You can include that, but the EP, EP. Yeah. Yep. they were not. You know, let's say a full record. Vivid, yep. times up, and stain, right? And then there was a break, yep. and then there is kaleidoscope, the chair in the doorway, and shade. Am I right, or am I missing anything? I think you got them I think all. That's it. I think you got them right. all. Yeah. All right. So, so six, six full players, and, and that—that's not that. That's that's. That's uh, that's some some might say you could you know maybe you, uh, you know you look at some other bands discographies and there's many records that came out and you know we're one of the bands that we don't have fifty you know uh, thirty albums that we release we have these six, six and seven or seven you know with biscuits and other maybe combinations of of, of you know novels of sonic novels that we put out basically at the end of the day mm-hmm. and you know. There's a lot that goes, every band, you know, is, is dealing with the reality of, you know, you put a record out, how do you come, how, what do you follow it up with, you know, what's the next thing going to be, how do you find a way to, to retain yourself? How do you find a way to continue a, a narrative without it being um, diverted from success, you know, and that being, you know, you cut a hit song. A lot of times, people would like for you to continue to cut the same song over and yeah, over again. Living sure, sure. Color has been one of these bands that has, in my opinion, without look, thinking about it, just play. You know, play from the hearts, man. Play the music. Play what we feel. Don't get tangled up. And um, we're already tangled up enough as as men and living in this world as it is. At least when it comes to the music, you know, we've managed to keep it unfiltered. We didn't get influenced by what's happening at the time or the moment, you know, because right now, you know, it, it, everything's moving forward. Everything's moving in motion forward, you know, and it's, it's already the past when you when we first started talking five minutes ago. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like yeah, you're already, yeah. it's always moving forward. So 
and that's how I look at it. I, I think that the fact that we've done these six records, and if you deep dive into all of those six albums, so to say, then you'll find a narrative that runs consistent through it, not just through the songs, but through the but through the the the, the performances and the I and the and the and the and the aggression and the restraints and the narrative and the desire and the love and the balance and all of these things go into trying to make a record. You know what I mean? Just trying to find that sonic lane as a player, you know, and and, and you know, wrestling it out, you know, what's gonna what's gonna happen and you know, what's not gonna happen and surrendering to what is best for what's going on. That's what making records are all about and that's what being in a band is all about. And those six records that we've done so far you know, I, I, that, that, that I may say, you know, I, you know, from Vivid on, they're great records, in my opinion. And it's been something that's been, that people, there's a, there's a group of folks that love living color, and, they re, and their energy is what helps keep us going right now. Like, folks like yourself, the Australian pop, uh, pop you know, fans, they're great, great fans. You know, we can't do it without the fans. If it wasn't for the fans, we'd be probably at, you know, I'd probably be back in London watching reruns of Neighbors on TV. Who the hell knows what's going on? But it's the fans that keep you. It's the fan. It's it's your it's your it's the community that that keeps you kind of like that keeps you going. You know what? This is the reason why I wake up every day and I walk over to my base and pick it up because it's not going to walk over to me. Or I wake up. I look at the base in the corner, and I hit the remote control, and I start going into, you know, whatever. So, no, man, it's the, it's the music that is more powerful than anything. And what we've done is we're not the architects, we're recipient. There's a lot of bands that we're influenced by. So from Vivid, and then from my entry to Stain, from where we are right now, it's been a great journey. And, it, and I think I, I fall into the landscape as a fan and also as a bandmate. And that's how I look at what, what's been happening. It's been a great journey. I hope you are enjoying today's interview. Now, this podcast is brought to you by The Pedal Movie, a feature-length film all about effects pedals created by the music gear Mark Place Reverb. Now, you know we love guitar pedals here on the Guitar Speak podcast, and we're super excited on the release of this film. The Pedal Movie explores how effects pedals and their builders have shaped modern music and guitar playing over time, from the fuzz pedal experiments of the Rolling Stones and Jimmy Hendrix through the shoegaze and indie rock of the 90s and up to the modern day use of effects. Reverb also speaks with builders and leaders from more than 50 pedal brands to answer the big question, how did guitar pedals get so big? Reverb's The Pedal Movie is available now on iTunes, Google Play and Voodoo. For more info, check out thepedalmovie.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by master guitar teacher Joe Elliott. Now, I was a beta tester for the course, and as a music educator myself, I was very impressed by the logical layout and format of the course. Heavyweight guitarists such as Brett Garsett and Greg Koch have also endorsed the program, so check it out at www.fretboardbiology.com. Okay, back to our interview. Now, can I ask you about the new record, um, Shade, came out 2017. You got involved with the production. In fact, you've been getting involved more and more with the production. You got Andre Belts involved. Do you want to speak about his involvement in the record? 
Well, Andre and I are friends from like before I even got in Living Color. Matter as a matter of fact, I met Andre about a few months right after I, you know, right before right before I got the call from Will to, you know, to start this journey in in ninety one. So Dre and I have been mates from many, many moons and we've done a lot of recordings together. Um over the years, it's also Andre Betts that's on WTFF, which is on the sh- on the Stain record. I was trying to get him involved, even even very early stages okay, okay. Of, of of my existence with Living Color. So you'll see that's Dre on WTFF, and that was kind of like the the entrance of Dre uh, and my association, because you know, and um, also trying to softly bring. In, in, in sort of, we're both outsiders at that time mm-hmm. into something that has that, that there's already plays and a narrative going on, and kind of like you know, not not, not kind of rippling the frequency in a sense, but also adding to the frequency of like kind of like where this band can also go sonically, you know, because the door, the sonic door has always been open with this band, so it's never been sure. like. It's not in. It's not to been something where it's like, oh, the band's playing some jazz. Like, oh, the band's playing this. No, we've we've done. We've managed to keep, kind of keep a good balance. So Dre coming in started a long time ago, but it, and then he, then he kind of revisited again. You know, even with um, even when we did Kaleidoscope, I think that you know Dre would Dre was around. Maybe you know I was trying to get him involved, but then when we did. The chair in the doorway, you know, we started doing a few things over at Dre's, and I was really trying to get him involved because I liked, the, I knew that he had the right sense of sensibility, and he knew how to, he, he knew how to deal with, with um, the personalities of of the band and be able to get people into a a, a different, a not necessarily a different frequency, but just um, out of your own comfort zone. You know what I mean? And doing something that might be a little bit different. And then in the process of doing that, when you do something that you're not comfortable with, and you become comfortable, then you can write, put, you can put that off, you can check that off your bucket list, you know, of your sonic bucket list. But Dre came in and then the, and, but it, again, it was challenging because the band was in a space where, you know, we're trying to, uh, we, 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 you know, we're, we're dealing with some, some, uh, you know, like all bands, you're dealing with, um, changes of what was going on at the time between you know you know business changes and yada 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 and, and, and schedule changes and every, you know every, you're trying to get everybody in the room at the same time oh, is a big sure. challenge but that being said you know dre was you know we were able to you know uh, get together and just try to map out a way to to get it to get the ball rolling and it was it worked out great you know a lot of a lot of the things we did in shade were done right at the line of scrimmage so it wasn't a situation where it's like bringing your songs we're gonna go through some stuff no it was like run a click all right Vernon, what you got play a riff all right doug what are you doing okay this world's not here right now put a drum machine on let's start to do some things and and make some stuff happen so if i look back at how certain songs were created you know a song like come on for example was just click and you know i was playing through my bass through a you know, I got to go through a slicer pedal. I got it synced up to Pro Tools, so you press play, and I can I have a slicer pedal that can put pulses out. So I started playing some stuff. The producer heard it. He was like, that's dope. Run a click. Let's pop this down. So I just kind of, you know, ran a pass down where it was, you know, um, you know, just kind of like, you know, writing as I'm playing kind of like. And that's pretty much what took place with the how how Come On was created was a – 
was started from not the whole band playing was a click and myself and the producer. I don't even think anybody was there in the studio but the producer and I. And 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 that's feeling something that might have been right. Maybe Corey was there. And he's like, yeah, you know what I mean. But it, things happen in pieces. And then you know something like say, who's that? We were like, let's do a blues kind of rip. And then Vernon, what you got? And he's playing the rip around and you know doing some things till it settles. And then we play it. So. We kind of did it a different way this time. We didn't, you know, wasn't, and then some things we were all in the room banging stuff out. But in order to be able to get everybody to under, to kind of like sonically hear where Dre was coming from, it had to be done in a way that we had to piece things together so, so a person can hear where you're going as opposed to trying to get everybody to understand where you're going when you're not clear about where you're going with it. The only person that's really clear Really, that's kind of like, I got it. I understand what you guys need to do is the producer. So the th thing we needed to do was get a, a couple of good clips to give us, uh, um, uh, you know, a place, to, uh, a good starting point. Those starting points started to take shape when we did Come On, started okay. to take shape when we did Who Shot You, which, which was a song that, you know, that came from Soundcheck. Corey used to do the raps and Biggie Smalls and Soundcheck. And then the producer was like, you know what? <laughs> What else you guys got? Maybe we should do something, you know, let's do a hip-hop song or whatever. So through conversations came a result. And that's how they came, you know what I mean? Then when we got, you know, we got a piece of the record done, and then it was like, you know what, we have this, we have a, we have, okay, we got this vibe, right, but let's go in and cut some, let's top it off, let's go in and now the band, let's go in and, and do what we do. And that's when we cut Patterns in Time and, you know, like, um, you know, um, Glass Teeth, and yep. some of the more harder stuff, okay. you know, that was kind of like, you know, that's kind of how they came to be. So it was, you know, it, it was, this record was done different than other records, but at the same time, it has more of a root and theme of like a vivid, like from back in the day. And it's amazing how we were able to pull it off. But it worked very, I worked very hard on this record, very, very hard with Andre Beck. And um, just, you know, putting the pieces together, trying to, you know, find a way how to, you know, just, <laughs> keeping it all together on this, on, on, you know, my side of the, you're not just bass playing, but just, or keeping things kind of organized, but we managed to get it, we, we pulled it off. And I, I record sounds, I love the record. I think it's a great record. Man, it's a super strong record. Um, all those tracks, Come On's got all that great ear candy. Um, who's that? There's talk, we've only got a couple of moments, but if I can quickly ask, um, who's that you mentioned with, with that blues riff? There's talk of the blues being an underpinning theme of this record i mean preaching blues who's that they're structurally a blues song but um aesthetically there's a there's, there's a blues that runs through i mean if you pay attention to any living color record you can hear you can hear uh blues elements and um and inflections but what what do you take of that the blues influence on this last record well the whole idea of what we did was how blues is almost like dark matter like in the sky you look up in the sky at night and it's all dark matter but it's all very real and blues is like in my opinion is the dark matter of music right now it's the dna that's in a lot of music and through conversation you start to think about it and listen to it you listen to a soul song listen to a funk song a rock song even a uh, let's take an edm or a dance song where it's just pulsing or it's just going from one beat maybe you and i look at like the different um, the different vowels that goes into some of the blues, you know what I mean? Whether, let's just say, one vowel is the rhythm, maybe another vowel is kind of like 
the the, the storyline. You know, another vowel might be the um, the sequence of chord changes and stuff like that, and how things align. So what we tried to what we set out to do was how to how to not do a traditional like okay we're gonna do a blues record and all the songs are gonna be really super blues uh, based and you know and familiar. What about looking at the DNA of the different styles of music that's out right now and deconstructing it and finding a way to connect uh, the blues through a, uh, a, a narrative and a, and, a, and a group of songs? How do you pull that all together? How do you make a rock song fit with a, with a, with a, a soul song? How, do you, how, does a, how does a what's going on go with the narrative of a who shot you? You know, blues songs had stories. And stories weren't necessarily the happiest stories on earth. They weren't, they, they weren't, those songs weren't written, most of those songs weren't written by Walt Disney at Disney World or whatever, you know, they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they were written <laughs> under some serious, con, some, some deep conditions. And our vibe was, how do we, let's connect the dots. And it started off unscripted. It wasn't like, you know, we had this, that, or the other. We just had a dialogue and we had to set out the feet to find the right freak, the right, um, you know, you have to find, you have to search, man. You have to go. Okay, where do you start? You know, and um, and and then the starting point came from like, okay, there's a lot of different styles that's going on. There's there's the dubstep and trap and all these different things that were going on. And you know, some things might be new to people here right now, but man, that stuff has been out in England for years. How do you make the connection? How do you find blues and those kind of songs and elements? And how do you use those components to make stuff? kind of work and that's what we did we said we we said let's take a let's 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 connect rock funk soul and you know to the simple and blues hip-hop r&b you know you know metal you know punk um you know uh so, you know just songs were just you know, that's just narrative narratives just you know spoken word and stuff how do we put that into a into a um, into a, a how do we start a narrative and how can we find a way how we can start a narrative but how do we get to the to a point where we can get a result by having some sonics that represent what we're trying to do and we pulled it off I mean we, you know it's like you can hear from the time you put the record on to the time it ends you hear you it's like it's like a story you can hear the narrative you can hear in a sense the story it's a it's a sonic lesson yeah. of connecting Absolutely. the DNA of music. And that's really all it is. And we didn't we didn't set out to wave a flag, but I'll tell you, I worked my ass off, Andre <laughs> and the band, to get to that. It took a while. It took some, you know, time. But you know, yeah, I yeah. do chopping chopping files up, moving this around, a lot of post production. So I don't mind saying it now, so that it can hit the universe. But we, it's not an I thing. It's a we thing. We all we all did what we had to do. But Andre Betts. Is, is genius. He's an old friend uh, and uh, and a great person. He is very patient, and it was all uh, it was the combination of people that we had that was a push pull. And it took a while because of this energy going back and forth between traditional living color and going into something that everybody's not familiar with. And well, not everybody, but let's just say you know what's going to be. You know, what's going to be best for how, how, what we're trying to do right now? Do we keep going back and making remix versions or uh, another version of Cult of Personality? Or do we try to push the envelope and go and move and go, through, uh, go further down the field into the land of the unknown? 
and I choose that. I don't want to look in the rearview mirror. I'd rather look straight out the mirror and go forward, and then I don't mind hearing things and having a conversation about what was going on. But I'm about, look, you know, keep moving, keep pushing, keep going straight, keep going straight ahead, and and if you can find a way how to do things that you're not comfortable with and, and you can listen, then you can get some great results. But if, you, if you're stubborn, if you stay stuck into this kind of certain world and, you, and you know, then, you know, you can find yourself very happy at one point and very disappointed at, at, at another. And that's, and that's just ego. But what we did was we managed to find a way how to let the egos run free for a while and then, and then okay, and then put it into a, a blender. And then at that point, get, a, get some sort of order in place to try to find a way how to put this project that became a record together. It was not easy. But it, it but it looked it, t- it took time. We took our time, you know, and we didn't panic, and we came up with a great record. So I'm very proud of Vernon, Will, Corey, and I, and, and um, the whole team. But mainly Andre Betts, gold star on the forehead. He, we could not have made this record without him. No way. Awesome, man. Well, yeah. Well, congratulations. It's a killer record, and uh, looking forward to hearing some tracks from that on the upcoming tour, and of course, um, the highlights from Vivid and the whole the whole back catalogue. So, man, I know you've got other press to do, so I need to let you go. But, Doug, thank you so much for your time. It's been awesome to uh, meet you and have a chat. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you in December. All right, brother. Take care, man. Thank you. Thanks, Doug. See you, man. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Now, this podcast was brought to you by The Pedal Movie, the feature-length film all about effects pedals created by Reverb. Reverb's The Pedal Movie is available now on iTunes, Google Play, and Vudu. For more information, visit thepedalmovie.com. The show was also brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by ex-head of guitar at GIT, Joe Elliott. Check out fretboardbiology.com for more information. Alrighty then, you have been listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name is Matt Wakeling, and as the legendary German rocker Michael Schenker once told me, Keep rocking, keep on rocking. Keep on rocking indeed. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you next time. Bye now.